Morning Show team is gathered and ready. Taylor Long has Ohio Valley headlines. Adam Fike has the detailed forecast. And Bob Slider and Tony Caridi have sports. Plus commentary, rants, and interviews with Howard Monroe. This is the Watchdog Morning Show on the Watchdog Radio Network. Well, look who's coming through the door. I think we've met somewhere before. Hello, love. Hello, love. Where in the world have you been so long? I missed you so since you've been gone. Hello, love. Hello, love. Make yourself feel right at home. I hope you plan on staying long. Come in, love. Come in, guys. Good to see you coming through our door here on the Watchdog Morning Show. It is 8.09, nine minutes after the hour. We're looking at uh, the uh, low 60s everywhere around the upper Ohio Valley. 63 at the Highlands, 62, I'm sorry, 63 at the airport, 62 at the Highlands, 60 in Elm Grove, 62 here at the Robinson Auto Group Studios downtown Wheeling in the heart of the Ohio Valley. I love that song, Hello Love. It actually I was used uh, by... Uh, uh, Prairie Home Companion for a while was one of their opening songs, and I loved it. Well, you didn't think I knew Hank Snow? Well, I knew you didn't know who Hank Snow was, but you might know his music. He his one of his most well known uh, well known songs is "I've Been Everywhere, Man." Did you know that? I've been everywhere. That's Hank man. Snow. Do, 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 and being being a country music uh, guy, I knew uh, a lot about Hank Snow. I believe he was born in Nova Scotia, left home Howard like when he was six years old. He said, "To hell with this, I'm out of here." Took the rails, ended up in the United States, and became a country music legend. And uh, trivia question here for everybody out there. Hank Snow had a famous manager, hmm. Colonel Tom Parker. He, Colonel Parker managed oh, two Elvis's acts. manager. Yes. That's how big Hank Snow was at one time. Wow. He, he managed Elvis and Hank Snow. That's pretty good. Pretty good, yeah. That's pretty good. Way to go, Howard. That's a that's a that's a snazzy. So John Sebastian is out. No more. Uh, welcome no more back, welcome back, Connor. But uh, uh, hello, love. All right, great. Hello, love. Uh, you know what else is out? Since we're talking about country music, what's that? Blame my roots. The country music festival. They said enough's enough. Done. Uh, they've canceled uh, last year. Uh, they canceled. They. I think they were off last year. And now they've canceled uh, for this coming year. There will be no 2024 Blame My Roots Festival. And it looks like the entire festival has been canceled for the future. Blame My Roots posted on social media yesterday that they couldn't book a headliner. And they've decided to simply axe the entire Blame My Roots Festival. Blame My Roots kind of is a local or local folks tried to resurrect something uh, to make up for the loss of Jamboree in the Hills. Good, good idea. I guess succeeded moderately well for a few years, but they're calling it quits now. I don't know those folks at all. I, I never got the idea, Howard, they were in it for the money. I always got the no, impression think, that they try to keep it alive. So hats off to them, and uh, it just didn't work. And it probably was never going to work, but uh, I admire you for trying. And uh, it's just sad to see another festival. I guess this summer we'll have to... Uh, I don't know, got Viola and just sit around out there and listen to some country music, Howard? <laughs> On the jukebox, if nothing else. You can find a jukebox. I, the, uh, you know, I, I think it goes to make a point, though. Everybody criticized the folks behind Jamboree in the Hills and said, well, you know, why don't they just do it for the community? Well, Blame My Roots try, is trying to do it for the community. I mean, it's not as easy as it sounds. You know, at some point, 
you got to be able to pay things and so on, and uh, you got to attract people. And I don't know anything behind this Blame My Roots decision, but it does say the Blame My Roots Festival has come to an end. Uh, there certainly will be no Blame My Roots Festival next year. That's a definite, and it looks like it's going to be, uh, and they didn't have it last year, they did not, not having one this year, and they're not going to have one next year, and it looks like that may well be, may well be uh, the end of it. So there you go. 8.12 in the morning here on the Watchdog Morning Show. Next hour, WVU's uh, Bureau of Business and Economic Research economist John Deskins is going to join us. John uh, every year takes a look at the economic outlook for every region of the state and for the state as a whole, and then travels around and talks to different regions about what are the high points of the economy in your area, what are the things you ought to focus on, what are the things that have not gone as well as they should have, and kind of gives us a good economic picture. Uh, John was in town a week or so ago with the Chamber of Commerce, a big uh, gathering on that. He's with us today to uh, talk about that. And then, as I mentioned, tomorrow Santa Claus is here. And that's always a big day. It's always a big day. Ho, ho, ho. Hey, before we go to Tom, can I ask you a silly question? You can ask me any question. You know, well, are, are you sure, Howard Monroe? Yes, yes. Because you know I got questions to ask you, Howard Monroe. No, no, go, go, feel free. Uh, you know, I've been searching and searching for a new TV show to take some of my lonely time. Yes. Because there's nothing out there. Yes. And being a YouTube follower, uh, there's a couple of shows that has brought to my attention that, that's showing like the best of. Okay. One is a show that might be just a little bit too more too religious for me, just kind of scary in that way. And the other one was like just way too silly for me. Mm. The religious one is a show called The Big Love. It was on HBO and it was about Mormon. Oh, Mormons, Mormon yeah. Bill um, Pullman. Bill is Pullman, it? I think, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, I watch that on a regular basis. So you, you were into that? Yeah, is it something I might like, Howard? Yeah, I think you would. Yeah, I think you now, would. Now, do any of these wives, they all get together one night or is that yeah, strictly yeah. forbidden, oh, yeah. Howard? No, no, I mean, listen. If if the concept of polygamy yes. bothers you, no, it doesn't. Don't uh, <laughs> don't watch that show. It was a very interesting show because it was all about. Uh, he's a he's a as you well know, but for, listen, he's a uh, I think a car salesman or a, a business owner of some kind. He's a has a big business, successful, very successful, um, and he has I think three wives. They are they all live pretty hot. A, they all live in sort of a compound. Yes. And he can leave, go out the back door of one house and go over to the front door of another house and, you know, um, enjoy wifely privileges. Yes, he does. Um, and it's it's about how, you know, even though it is set in um, Utah, where polygamy is sometimes practiced, uh, it still is not the norm. And it's all about how he relates to his neighbors and how... His business deals with his own polygamy and how he deals with, uh, Bob, let's be honest about it, dealing with one wife. can be tough. Picture three. Really know, tough. Picture three. But there is it's a benefit. Know, there is benefits, though, Howard. I haven't seen that for, it has been on the air for a long time. I, I think you'll like it. So, so you're going to recommend that. Now, I the, would recommend it. No, the yeah. one that's really silly, maybe you don't even know what I'm talking about here, but it caught my attention and I thought, okay. I'll watch some of these highlight clips. The show is called My Name is Earl. <laughs> Are you familiar with that show? Yes, I can picture. Who's the who's the It's actor? like a hillbilly setting. I have no idea. Yes. They're, they're out in a trailer somewhere in the country. Yes. But I was actually laughing out loud. I have no idea who these characters are. A little bit close to home here in West Virginia, but you have no idea that that is not a show that you would recommend. I am familiar with it, but no, I I, I have not familiar enough to actually recommend. So it. it's the big love that it is. But I the, I like the big love. I mean, big love. Big love. 
Um, it was on for a couple of years, several years. It's on YouTube now? You're watching on YouTube? Well, I got Max, Howard, so I'm going to take advantage of Max. I got you. Okay. All right. No, I, it's, I think you'll enjoy it. You know. Like every once in a while, all like uh, they all get together in one room. Howard, no, 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 no. I thought that was like one. Of, no, it, that no, doesn't never happens. No, 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 it's one at a time. Oh, one I don't know. You're losing me now. Which raises the question: How do you raise yourself so often for yes three? Well, women? They we're pretty hot, but you know they have they have things that will help you in that area, Howard. Yeah, <laughs> if actually, you need some assistance, I'm not sure that back then uh, those things were. Uh, part of the landscape, but anyway, yeah, no, I think I think you'll enjoy it. Yeah, it's um, very well done, very well done, well acted. Well, I'm written. not, not going to head. Do they do radio in Utah, Howard? I'm not going to be so overwhelmed. I'm not going to head west to Utah, am I? Well, in no, search but, of three wives. But don't forget, if you you know they have uh, you know, the, I mean, uh, Ogden's got newspapers out there. Yeah, I'll talk to McCabe on Friday. John, Maybe John, he can send John, me out on John assignment. Out there from time to time to supervise things. So. Maybe his next trip you can go. Could be my calling, Howard. 817 of the Watchdog Morning Show. Tom Scuteri is coming up next. Is your business protected from cyber threats? In today's world, it's more important than ever to have a cybersecurity plan in place. But with so many different solutions out there, it can be hard to know where to start. That's where Omni Strategic Technologies comes in. We're a technology support firm with a strong focus on cybersecurity. We have a team of local experts who can help you assess your risks, develop a plan, and implement the right tools to serve and protect your business. If you want to get serious about cybersecurity, choose Omni Strategic Technologies for the peace of mind knowing that your business is protected and prepared. If you're gonna make a run and you plan on having fun, the one place you should know, Gumby's Grab and Go. Last year, they took on the NFL and beat the spread. This season, they plan on doing it again. If you want to cash in, tune in every Saturday morning from 8 to 9 for Good Old Boys on Sports with Bear and Bob here on the Watchdog Radio Network and the All Sports Saturday Morning. Good Old Boys is all we'll ever be. On FM, on AM. Online, on demand, and on video. We are where you are. The Watchdog Morning Show with Howard Monroe is here now. Just think about it. Georgia. Georgia. The whole day Just an old sweet song Keeps Georgia on my mind The bumper music today is music featuring states. 
We've been to Alabama, Ohio, Georgia. Did I miss one yet? Uh, California Dreaming. California Dreaming earlier. Yeah, yeah. So it's uh, bumper music of the states today here on the Watchdog Morning Show. 63 at the airport, 62 at the Highlands, 60 in Elm Grove, 62 here at the Robinson Auto Group Studios, downtown Wheeling in the heart of the Ohio Valley. Going to be a little bit cloudy through uh, the uh, mid-morning at least, then clearing up a bit of sunshine maybe. Daytime high of 65 down to 40 tonight. Time to welcome our national correspondent, uh, Tom Scateri. And Tom, good morning, sir. Wow, what great weather you guys are having. Good morning, Howard. Good yeah. morning, Bob. It is a, it's morning, a, Tom. It's a great, you know, I woke up, I t- told our weather guy earlier, first thing I do every morning is I check with Alexa, ask, ask her what's the temperature, and she said 66 degrees. I was like, excuse me? Wait a minute, isn't this like two weeks before Thanksgiving? But I can live yeah. with it. I'm happy about it. Tom, as I often do with you, because you're here to talk about your Pentagon reporting, Israel, Gaza, the Ukraine. You're here to talk about Donald Trump and the politics of D.C. Yeah. But did I see that you're featured in a new book of poetry of some kind? Yeah, you did. Thank you for that. Um, it was a really nice uh, thing. It's uh, called Poets Corner, I believe. Poets Cove, excuse me. And and I submitted uh, a couple of my newer poems with it, written within the last two months, uh, three of them, and they took two of them. In their upcoming issue, I'm not quite sure when it's coming out online, and it's also going to be an issue people can, you know, actually buy. How about that, Howard? You, you, mean, you mean like a real book kind of thing? Right, like you know, paper, it's a paperback anthology of poems. Right. So how about that, huh? I remember books. Like, yeah, I remember that. Yeah. So thanks for thanks for that little shout out. But that's exciting, and you know, uh, uh, it, it's always you know how much uh, we've talked about this before. You've been gracious enough. I mean, I really enjoy writing poetry. It, offsets the, the other stuff I write, you know, it keeps my mind fresh and active and many times more joyous than writing about, say, Gaza. But it's always an extra thrill when, you know, an established uh, literary outfit picks some of my poems to share. Tom, I'm on a first-name basis with the ladies here at the Ohio County Library. I'll see what I can do, and I'll encourage them to get your book into the library. Actually, I just when I come out to visit you guys, why don't you arrange for me to do a little reading? Hey, listen, you could do he could do lunch with books. They do lunch with books. They do reading at the Ohio County Library. We could work on that. Let's do that, man. Yeah, let's put that together. That'd be fun. In fact, Sean Duffy is listening right now because he's always looking for shows. He's going, wait a minute, what? They know a guy who's got a book. Oh, wait a minute. <laughs> <laughs> so probably we'll. Uh, uh, that's a good. Well, you, that's guys, a gr- you guys remember uh, in the spring? Uh, remember we talked about you were, again, kind of up to. A theater group here in D.C. did a night of poetry, and uh, they had some of my poems in it. So it was, I didn't read them. Professional actors read them, which was really a thrill. But it was just exciting. You know, people like poetry when they get the chance to hear it. Tom, some people might think it's weird for a hard-bitten, you know, foreign <laughs> correspondent to be writing poetry. It has been my my sense of things that very often uh, journalists, even war correspondents have a downside and they like to do writing whether it's poetry or novels or things of that nature that it's it's sort of a i won't say a side business but a lot of people who find themselves you know covering wars and covering all around the world take a break by doing some writing am i reading that wrong no i think you're reading it correctly i think that what happens is no matter what you cover as a journalist uh, you know you have a talk show and you get a lot of different guests on all the different topics so you don't get waylaid into, you know, one or two sort of talk streams, topic streams where reporters tend to. You cover the budget, you cover this, you cover that. 
So I'm going to I'll quickly tell you a story from from Bosnia and Sarajevo. Uh, when the war ended on ceasefire, there's a term that might be appropriate today. Um, uh, I was walking up the hill from downtown Sarajevo to where I stayed in this pension, and coming down here was Roger Cohen, a reporter from the New York Times, who I often traveled with. And as always, I was looking around uh, at things to see if there's something to write about the city changing as the showing stopped. And Cohen, who is British, I won't do a British action, He goes. Ah, Squatiri, there you are, writing poetry again, out of the blue. You know, this is 1995. And I realized, Howard, that some of my writing then, when I write about people, was quote-unquote poetic as opposed to what you, you know, the hard-bitten, uh, here's this massacre type of story, which right. I did write. So I guess it was always in me, in a sense, to write in different manners than just a straightforward war reportage. Well, I always enjoy, uh, you usually throw, uh, not you. usually, sometimes on your X account, that used yeah. to be Twitter, folks, on your X account, you uh, will throw up little pieces of your poetry, uh, uh, yeah. and I always get a, I always enjoy uh, enjoy seeing what you've had Thank to write. Thank you very much. But let's shift into the gear of, uh, of your correspondence. Let's first of all stay here <laughs> at home. What did you think of Donald Trump's witness, uh, being on the witness stand yesterday? Wow, that was classic Trump. You know, I think you point your finger on it a while ago, actually, Howard. That I think a lot of these things he des- are designed to help in his mind to help his campaign, um, whatever that may be. I was also watching. I, I, I paralleled it, shall I say, with watching him at a rally in Texas the other night, uh, last night or the night before, I guess, when he was talking about the strike, you know, against the Iranian general who, you know, Soleimani, who they killed it with a road with a, a drone attack. So you know, he just is talking and talking and talking completely out of context he, you know the yeah. judge had to reprimand him several times at, in court and now with these rallies he's talking about stuff that if it's true he, he really shouldn't be talking about uh i don't know if this is all a grand design or we're seeing something else the judge several i mean he just rambled yeah uh, i mean it's typical uh, trump style if you see it in interviews and people wonder why can't they hold him why can't interviewers hold him to something because he just he, he goes where he wants to go and he doesn't pay any attention to what the interviewer says and he's on the witness stand. The interviewer here is a an attorney with the judge overseeing things and he just rambled on where he wanted to go. Uh, but he was even on the witness stand. I mean he he took shots at the judge. He took yeah. shot, he took shots at the attorney general. Um, he truly. He truly doesn't understand that he's a criminal defendant. He is not the president of the United States right now. Yeah, and I think that he kind of believes, this is me projecting a guess, and obviously no inside information, listeners, you know, that he believes that he is, as you've said, still president of the United States, still above the law, even even though he doesn't quite get it. I'm always wondering, as you and I had this discussion, you know, several weeks ago, how far a judge will go in in disciplining him or reining him in uh you know they had a gag order on him for a while at one trial i, I get the trials mixed up a little bit i'm sorry uh, and you know the judge warned him several times yesterday uh, you know how far can you go with someone who's the former president of the united states i, I mean it's just it's a question i have washington post had a headline story it was an opinion piece but it was a story in the washington post about a week ago and the headline was judges have the ability to throw trump in jail would anyone dare Right. There's, there you go. There you go. Yeah. What do you think? I mean, you know, would anyone dare? I, I think not. Uh, you know, 
probably not, although I am hearing more and more people saying, you know what, it's got to be done. If, if, if he is going to, to, be, uh, to understand the position he is in, which is that of a criminal defense. Well, I quickly, before somebody texts me, this is not a criminal case in New York. It's a civil case, but he is a defendant in this case. Uh, if you're going to be in the position of a defendant, just like, like you would be Tom Scateri or Bob Slider or me or any of our listeners, there are rules you have to follow, uh, like it or not. That's our legal system. And he just flaunts them. Apparently, um, somewhere during the course of the day yesterday, as Trump rambled on and the judge tried to get him to, uh, you know, to stay in bounds, and the judge said to his own to, to Trump's attorney, "Control your can, can you control yeah, yeah. him somehow?" Yeah. <laughs> um, and at one point, as I reading the news stories, the attorney said, "I think he's doing okay." Uh, it, <laughs> it, 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 it sounded to me like at some point, uh, Ergeron said, and and also the attorney general said, "Go ahead, we're not paying any attention." It has no yeah. bearing on the case. Go ahead. You want to just keep on rambling, ramble. I'm going to play tic-tac-toe on my legal bed. They didn't say that, but you get my, <laughs> yeah, you get, yeah. you get my point. Uh, they just kind of gave up. But it still begs the question, at what point does he have to be brought to bear? I'm not talking about can being convicted. Maybe he'll be, maybe he won't be. But he has to be brought to bear to, to, to be part of the legal system, and he just doesn't want to be. And you just said something that also raises sort of a similar, to me, a similar question. What if he is convicted in, in some of these trials, civil and or criminal? You know, what happens then? Well, it's a great question. Um, and what would his, you know, let's, let's, for, let's take a criminal trial where he could lose his, I mean, I think he's going to be, I, look, the judge, Judge Ergeron has already found that uh, his business defrauded the state of New York. Mm -hmm. And now it's just a question of sort of how much and, and where does mm -hmm. the blame lie. Uh, I think he's losing this trial. He's going to lose his business. Uh, but he could lose his liberty in the, civil, in the uh, criminal trials. Um, and if he, he does, does, do they put him in jail? Do they, put, do they put him yeah. in home confinement? What do you do? Um, and if you do that, at what point do... His supporters, you know, do we do we have try to a free him? What do they try to come free him? Right? Do we have a second insurrection? Yes, exactly. Okay. Um, I, and I have no answers to the question. I don't know. Uh, and if I was the judge, I know what I wish I would do, but I don't know. I'd have the guts to do it because we're in such uncharted, uh, uncharted territory. Let's, let, let's segue for a minute, Howard. While we we have a few minutes, I don't mean to take control of your show, but this is election day in a lot of states, including neighboring Pennsylvania. Where a lot of and Ohio, yeah, and in Pennsylvania, and a lot of the seats, a lot of the seats that are up are county election officials, you know, who will determine votes counting, and you know that's critical uh, in the 2024 election. And there's a lot of Trump slates running in these different states as well. So uh, this is an important election as well, and in regards to that larger picture of whether Trump will run again and whether he will win again and whether he will be on the ballot again if, in some states. You know, a lot of these questions. You know, the, these are issues that once upon a time we didn't think about in terms of exactly. local or statewide elections. Secretary of State was always sort of a, not a figure, that's not the word I want to use, but it was an executive level job. Just if, did you have somebody that was competent and understood the constitution of your state and, and was able to implement it properly? Now, it, these things are very political. Uh, and, yes. and, and even at the county levels, 
do you have people in position, do you elect people in positions of authority who have control over the electoral process? Uh, even to the point that we're talking still in a couple of states, this 14th Amendment issue is still being litigated. Yes. In the event that courts would say the 14th Amendment can apply, it would then become incumbent, as I understand it, on election officials in individual states to determine whether or not Trump could qualify for the ballot or not under the 14th Amendment. So it's important to have election officials who actually follow the law. Um, yeah. Very important things. In Ohio, real quick, uh, since we're talking local elections, yeah. in Ohio, uh, legalizing marijuana, uh, recreational marijuana, is on the ballot, issue number two, and a and uh, guaranteeing the right to reproductive health is the way they're phrasing it, uh, pro-abortion amendment, constitutional amendments on the ballot as well. Could be interesting to see how those things play out. I'm predicting both they both pass. I think they both will pass uh, in Ohio. Well, yeah, you know, it sounds like it from what I've been reading. But you know better now. You're you're closer. You know. Tom, can I ask you to wait? I don't know what your schedule is like. Can I ask you to wait? Yeah. I really want to spend some time talking yeah. about Gaza, yeah, sure. Israel, Ukraine, but I do need to get yeah, a, sure. I need to get a local news break in here first. So let me do that, and then we'll come back and we'll talk about okay. international affairs. Tom Skateri is with us, our national correspondent, international reporter as well. And we'll have more with him in a minute. It's 8.33, 27 till the hour. Taylor Long is here with Ohio Valley Headlines. Good Tuesday morning, everyone. I'm Taylor Long with your 7 News headlines on this November the 7th. Fork Ridge Road has reopened this morning following a two-vehicle collision where four air medical units responded. Marshall County Sheriff Bill Helms told 7 News that the accident involved a pickup truck and a sedan. It happened in the area of 5676 Fork Ridge Road. There was one person in the truck and five in the sedan. Four were flown to Ruby Memorial Hospital in Morgantown and one was flown to Reynolds Memorial. We do not know how serious the injuries were. Sheriff Helms says the police are investigating now and they intend to get a search warrant for the dash cam in one of the vehicles. Stay with 7 News for updates. 7 News is your local election headquarters. Polls are opening in just over an hour for the Ohio election. Issues 1 and 2 will be a big part of the ballot. Issue 1 would enshrine the right to an abortion in Ohio. Those against it say the proposed amendment goes too far, while those for it say current laws are too extreme. And issue 2 would make marijuana legal for Ohioans 21 and over. Advocates say it would be treated just like alcohol in the state, but some state officials say it's more complicated than that. And polling locations will be opening at 6.30 this morning until 7.30 tonight. You must bring a valid photo ID to the polls to vote, such as an Ohio driver's license, military ID, or passport. You can get complete election results tonight on 7 News at 10 and 11, and of course on our website, WTRF.com. And just a quick reminder to our Comcast viewers, WTRF My Ohio Valley is now on channel 1165. And the Ohio State Highway Patrol Steubenville Post is collecting new and unwrapped toys for the Marine Corps Reserve's Toys for Tots program. You can drop off toys any time of the day or week at 1377 Caddis Road in Wintersville. They'll be taking donations until December 10th, but they will not be accepting cash donations of any kind. Once again, the toys must be in new condition and unwrapped. That was a look at your headlines. Have a terrific Tuesday. I'm Taylor Long, working for you. Reading that story coming up on today's Mountaineer Report brought to us by Kroger. The holidays start here at Kroger with a variety of options to celebrate traditions old and new. You could do a classic herb roasted turkey or spice it up and make turkey tacos. Serve up a go-to shrimp cocktail 
or use Simple Truth wild-caught shrimp for your first Cajun risotto. No matter how you shop, Kroger has all the freshest ingredients to embrace all your holiday traditions. Kroger, fresh for everyone. With Kroger brand products, you can make all your favorite things this holiday season. Because Kroger brand's proven quality products come at exceptionally low prices. And with a money-back quality guarantee, every dish is sure to be a favorite. These are a few of my favorite things. Whether you shop delivery, pickup, or in-store, Kroger brand has all your favorite things. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Mountaineer head coach Josh Eilert said it, and he's exactly correct. It was a tale of two halves in West Virginia's season opening game. The Mountaineers struggled horribly from the floor in the opening 20 minutes of play, shooting just 12% and making just four field goals. But everything turned around in the second half as West Virginia took that 12% shooting and built it to 58% from the field, making 18 baskets, including six three-pointers as they rallied to win the game by a final score of 67 to 59 over the Bears of Missouri State. It was a game that went down to the final minute of play. Missouri State's chance more kept banging threes. He finished with a game-high 24 points, but West Virginia made a couple of key stops in the late going and scored a couple of big baskets from Kobe Johnson and Jesse Edwards to win it 67-59. From an individual standpoint, Quinn Slazinski, the transfer from Iona, led the Mountaineers in scoring with 18 points. He also grabbed seven rebounds. Double figures in points and rebounds for Jesse Edwards. The Syracuse transfer finishes with 13 points and 13 boards. And Seth Wilson, who sparked the Mountaineer rally to start the second half, finished up with 11 points, including three three-pointers. For the game, West Virginia shoots just 35% from the field, but made 80% of its foul shots, hitting 16 free throws to keep them in range and then eventually win the game. 67-59, the Mountaineers 1-0. Next up, it's Monmouth on Friday. That's today's Mountaineer Report brought to us by Kroger, the official grocer of WVU Athletics. I'm Tony Caridi on the Mountaineer Sports Network from Learfield. Over the past five years, Matt Jones Pre-Owned Auto has helped over 1,500 hardworking Ohio Valley residents obtain financing on the vehicle of their dreams. We have experienced tremendous growth, which has allowed us more financing to further help our fellow residents. From second chance finance to very competitive rates and terms, Matt Jones Pre-Owned Auto has it all with inventory to fit everyone's needs. That's Matt Jones Pre-Owned Auto, your largest independent area used car depot in the Respects Plaza in Elm Grove. Like us on Facebook, check out our website, mattjonespreowned.com, or give us a call, 304-905-8302. Pre-Owned Stack Auction Service. We sell the earth and everything on it, from estates to business liquidation, antiques, coins, firearms, real estate, and more. We're also certified appraisers. Frio and Stack can handle it all. Call us now for a free outside consultation, 304-233-3168, or visit FrioAndStack.com. Licensed in West Virginia, Ohio, and Pennsylvania. Frio and Stack Auction Service. We sell the earth and everything on it. Broadcasting from the Ohio Valley, talking about the Ohio Valley. We're live and local. This is the Watchdog Morning Show with Howard Monroe. Brought to you by WVU Medicine. 
Ah, yes, Alaska. I've said it a thousand times. I never would have thought this when we did an Alaska trip two weeks in Alaska a couple years ago. I would never have thought that Alaska would be my favorite trip of all time. Having been to Switzerland and traveled the Rhine and been in Europe and having been to uh, Yellowstone and all of the national parks and having been uh, cruising down in the Caribbean. And, you know, I mean, Nancy and I, have, we've been to Iceland. We have had worldwide adventures, courtesy of our friends at Uniglobe. I never would have thought Alaska, Alaska would be the place that stands out the most. Yeah, either would I, Howard. I was pretty sure two weeks I thought you were kind of uh, pushing a little bit. I thought maybe a polar bear was going to snack on you is, was, <laughs> is what I thought was going to happen. It was, a, it was a great trip. That's where I got to walk on the uh, glacier. It fell and split my hand open, of course, but uh, Alaska. Polar bears, they smell that blood, Howard. Yeah, that's you you dodged <laughs> one there. <laughs> but it, I, I've said it over and over again. I, it, it was far and away the best trip we've ever taken, including international trips to Europe and so on. Tom Scateri is with us. He travels the world as well. I want to talk now about uh, some international stories. Tom, it looks like even though there are Many calls for a ceasefire in Gaza, including from President Biden. Looks like Netanyahu ain't going to go along with that. No, it doesn't look like he is. And it, uh, I'm just, uh, you know, tapping onto what we said before. Based on my experience, this is not looking good for the people of Gaza, nor uh, for the Israeli soldiers who have to go in these tunnels and flush out the Hamas terrorists. It's just not. A good thing. Now, I noticed um, over the weekend uh, or yesterday that I think it was the UAE, Howard, um, they, 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 Jordan airdropped supplies into one medical center. And I think the United Arab Emirates is going to set up a medical clinic. Yeah, it's the UAE in the Gaza Strip, probably in the south part. I don't know whether they cleared that with Israel or not to get some kind of help to the people who are out of Gaza City. But the Israeli military announced Yesterday or this morning, they have surrounded Gaza City, essentially cutting you know that off from the southern part, and that means they're going to probably move again toward beginning this operation. Uh, I don't know what a st- strategic pause would look like. To be to be fair to everyone, you know, I mean, it, it's obviously needed. Uh, you know, Israel has cut off uh, all sorts of electricity and supplies to Gaza City and the Gaza Strip. Hospitals are desperate. Uh, but how does that work? You know, who's going to bring the supplies in to Gaza City with Hamas there? Uh, there's a lot of tactical questions that would need to be resolved. And the world is not united on what to do, and that's not making it any easier. But the reality is, and I don't want to sound like I'm on the wrong side of this, the reality is that there is a lot of suffering of civilians going on in Gaza. Right. And they don't have any way at the moment to get out. They don't have any way to relieve that suffering. And I've, you know... Um, uh, it's 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 not a good image. I, I hear where Netanyahu is coming from, and I'm on the side of crush Hamas. I'm, I get that. But some, uh, and again, I think even President Biden encouraged him, at some point there needs to be a pause to allow some of these civilians to have a chance to, to get out or to have more medical care get in or something of that nature. Yeah, I, again, I, I, I'm with you completely. Listen, this is not a, uh, 
uh, you know, Russia invades Ukraine, you could pick a side on that. I'm not going to pick sides on anything here. You know, we're talking about this. But that's a little bit more clear to more people, Russia versus Ukraine. You know, what happened, the Hamas terrorist attack in Israel was ghastly. And, you know, anybody who disagrees with that, I don't know where they're coming from. The videos that they, they the Israelis, have shown media are just, you know, you, we and I talked just a few minutes ago what I, about my war experience. It's the worst I've ever seen and beyond. So, you know, you want to get these guys who did this, and they probably need to get these guys. But, as you said, it's complicated because of how Hamas is. They're burning the tunnels, and they've tra- they have trapped civilians in there. And, and Netanyahu is kind of in a corner because he's not a popular prime minister prior to this, you know, the judicial stuff that you and I talked about earlier this year. Right. You know, I, I came across a quote once, Howard, uh, over the last couple of days from Golda Meir, who uh, was an earlier prime minister of Israel, for listeners who may be younger than us, uh, well-regarded by Israelis. And she said Israel, I'm paraphrasing her slightly, Israel has two choices, to be dead and pitied or alive and disliked, mm-hmm. okay? And uh, I thought, you know, really put it in perspective of how she saw Israelis back against the wall against a, a, a slew of hostile neighbors and other enemies. That's, that dynamic has changed a little bit, but still they're under the gun, no pun intended. So and, and how, what do you do? And you don't have an international community that's, okay, listen, Israel, we're going to come into the south of Gaza, set up camps, and we're going to ask for a pause, and we're going to send in. Who's going to send the troops in to guard the humanitarian workers? Right. Right. I mean, I'm, you know, these are the kind of questions I ask to somebody who says, that's a great idea. Let's give humanitarian aid into people who are suffering. Who's going to do it? Yeah, and, how, and who's going to do it, and, how, and then how? Yeah. It's, uh, it's uh, I guess, I hate to say, use these phrases like no-win situation, but it is a pro- yeah. And it's becoming, I hate to turn this into a political story, but it's becoming a political problem for Joe Biden because there are some significant pro-Palestinian groups, for lack of a better phrase, and, and don't everyone hold me to that phrase, I don't know what else to call them, pro-Palestinian groups that are making their voices heard quite clearly that they expect Biden to be more aggressive in trying to understand the plight of the Palestinians in Gaza, which I think he understands, but he doesn't, he doesn't have the ability yet to, to get them out. Um, but it's, 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 it has the potential to turn into a political problem for Joe Biden, too. Yeah, it's a big political problem. Uh, you know, I, I'm just amazed at how Biden navigates his political challenges. Uh, you know, the continued call for him not to run for re-election. Uh, you know, the fact that, he, he, you know, you have uh, dis- dissenting voices within the Democratic Party over Israel and, and the Middle East. And the Palestinian cause um, is is one that many people think is legitimate, and it's separate from you know obviously Hamas. It should be, right. but it gets as we just said, it gets mixed in with it because you know they're in Gaza. I mean, I always like to say this, and this may get the ire of some of your listeners. However, you know, for years, uh, much of the Arab world has done very little, if anything, to help Palestinians in Gaza. They, and even now, you're not hearing call. We'll take them in as refugees till we can rebuild Gaza. Um, I think uh, Saudi Arabia said they're going to give $17 million to help rebuild Gaza. Uh, a friend of mine said uh, that's tip money for it them. Is. You yeah, know. That's exactly right. Yeah, yeah you know, um, Israel is not blameless in the way it's handled the Palestinian issue. But we have, in my opinion, the, the dealing with the attack by Hamas on Israel and in Gaza is it, it needs to, needs to be dealt with first, and then it's time to revisit 
the whole how are the Palestinians being treated. You know, there 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 is legitimate argument there to be made on, on yeah. pro-Palestinian side. Again, lack of a better phrase. Uh, but right now, the issue is how do you deal with Hamas? However, before that, it's how do you get some of these people out? Tom, let me talk just briefly about the um, the other hot spot of the world over in the Ukraine. Did I see mm-hmm. where Did I see where Zelensky invited Donald Trump to come visit? Yeah, I, I saw that story on the wires as well. I haven't seen it. I haven't gotten any confirmation whether that's true or not. I think he did it in a way to sort of, in his way to, you know, he shut him up maybe or something like that. I, I think the more interesting story, if I may, is that uh, Zelensky in his nightly address last night basically said we shouldn't have presidential elections next year uh, because of the war. We need to focus on that. He's able to do that. Just let me quickly point out. Under the laws of Ukraine, um, uh, because it's a military situation, they're allowed to suspend elections. They've suspended them already for legislative seats. Uh, so, you know, he's talking about that. He would be standing for another five-year term. But there, but he's suggesting that he would that th- we would just not have an election at all. Correct. Delay to the election. Correct. There, okay. would, there would be an election for another five-year term, but not... Uh, under the uh, under the current schedule, so well, yeah, he said it's not the right time. The war needs to be dealt with first. Uh, it was supposed to be in March of next year. Mean- mm-hmm. Meantime, aid to the Ukraine and I guess aid to Israel still mm-hmm. being tied up in Congress, right? Well, yes, uh, there was a package late Friday, Howard, uh, announced by the Biden administration, four hundred twenty-five million dollars package for Ukraine military aid. This is coming out of the last, you know, sort of amount of money that was put aside for Ukraine in the last Congress, you know, before September 30th. And now, you know, this, this is a good point. That of that $300 million, part of the assistance where the U.S. will buy weapons that are made here in the United States, that's something that's often overlooked in this debate about money for Ukraine. This is, again, me not taking sides, just pointing out some facts. that A lot of this money that we hear about, you know, in this case $300 million, actually goes to U.S. companies, you know, who are making the weapons. So, uh, yeah, Ukraine's getting them sort of, quote-unquote, for free, out of our taxpayers' dollars, but those dollars are funding it by U.S. companies. So, uh, but that money, the future money is tied up. The Senate wants to put it in a bill with money for you, for Israel, the border, and then for Gaza rebuilding. Uh, the House, of course, passed a straight-up money bill for Israel. Tom, I have to uh, wrap things up here. Okay. Uh, there is another issue that I like to get into. Maybe, and you alluded to it a minute or two ago. Maybe next week we'll take a minute or two to talk about. There is a growing call. David Axelrod was among those uh, quite publicly saying maybe Biden should call it, uh, should step down from mm-hmm. the nomination. Uh, others are calling for that as well. The question that Bob Slider and I argued about yesterday, and the one I'll ask you next week, is if not Biden, who? Yeah. Can I have a next year on that one? <laughs> yes, exactly. Exactly. So uh, I don't have time to get into it today, but I mean, I think that's yeah. a really very okay. s- serious question. The polling that's out shows some problems for Biden. I think yeah. polling comes and polling goes. But if not Biden, who? That's the question we have. I got to run, Tom. Right, next week. Hey, I appreciate, right, your, I appreciate your time today, as always, sir. Always good talking to you. Thanks. Bye-bye. It is a nine before the hour. We are the Watchdog Morning Show. Hey there, Dave Weekly here, your host for Metro News Hotline. 
Get ready for an epic journey every weekday from 3 to 6 p.m. We've got all the excitement you need from sports to tech, music, pop culture, and everything in between. Join Coop and I as we bring you engaging discussions, captivating interviews, fun games, and the latest sports and entertainment headlines that will keep you hooked. Metro News Hotline is your go-to source for sports, news, entertainment, and most importantly, fun. Tune in weekdays from 3 to 6 on Metro News and WVMetroNews.com. When the unexpected happens, it's good to know you can count on the certified professional restorers at Panhandle Cleaning and Restoration. Whether it's fire, smoke, flood, or storm that damages your home or business, you can rest assured that we have helped thousands of families just like yours. With the right people, equipment, and expertise, we are ready to respond 24 hours a day to get you quickly back on your feet. When disaster strikes, just pick up the phone. One in three adults has prediabetes. One in three. That means it could be you, your football buddy, your football buddy, or you, your best man, your worst man, you, your dog walker, your cat jogger. While one in three adults has prediabetes, with early diagnosis, prediabetes can be reversed. Take the risk test at doihaveprediabetes.org. Brought to you by the Ad Council and its pre-diabetes awareness partners. Looking to buy or sell a home? For a reliable, experienced agent that has been serving the tri-state area for over 30 years, contact Denise Pavlik, realtor salesperson with Paul Associates in the Glendale Marshall County office at 304-281-5250. Kids back in school. Leaves change color and cover the ground. And the fall and winter holidays are just over the horizon. Celebrate the season with us every day. This is the Watchdog Morning Show with Howard Monroe. Brought to you by WVU Medicine Wheeling Hospital. Appropriate for a couple of reasons here this morning. Of course, uh, Mr. Slider has selected bumper music of the states. Every song we're playing this morning as our bumper music uh, involves a different state. This is the Colorado song. And also the Rocky Mountain High thing kind of is of some interest today because in, in Ohio, legalizing recreational marijuana is on tap. Ohio High, Howard. Ohio, hi, Ohio. I'm trying to revise the the, 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 the song, and I can't quite do Maybe that. Maybe if uh, John Denver wasn't dead, he'd come to Ohio and write a song for them, Howard. Wouldn't it be neat if he had the West Virginia song, the Ohio song, and, of course, the Colorado song as well? Six till the hour, Watchdog Morning Show. Glad you are along. I should remind you to use the Frio Stack Auction Service text line. It's available, 304-214-1600, 304-214-1600. And sometimes you are helpful to us. Got a couple of texts from a couple of you about an hour ago saying we had a, a difficulty with 1370. Thank 1370 you. 1370 frequency. Uh, Mr. Slider ran because he can run. I can't. Uh, <laughs> Not very he, fast. He right. ran to the other room and fixed things very quickly. We did get a couple of thank you notes from our listeners, so they appreciated that. And we appreciate it. I've said this before. If something is wrong, tell us. 
Now, if something is wrong and you tell us in a snotty way, we'll just snot back at you, okay? But if, but we honestly need to know things. So if you say, oh, hey, listen, got a problem, 1370s off, tell us. We'll try and fix it. And we did, and uh, thanks. A <laughs> um, couple of updates to a couple of statewide stories I want to at least get on the record here. We've spent a good bit of time the past week or so talking about the Southern Regional Jail in West Virginia, uh, allegations of inmate abuse, allegations of uh, guards beating up on inmates. A couple of guards were found guilty this week. I think they pled guilty, actually, uh, this week to beating up on inmates. Uh, there are lawsuits pending. Uh, the governor at one point has said, well, I don't know anything about it. Why would you ask me any questions? I don't know nothing about it. Well, you declared a crisis a year ago in the jail system, and now you don't know anything about it? And, and he still doesn't want to provide information. What are they hiding? I hate to say it that way. Um, Governor Justice and Brian Abraham, his chief of staff, pushed back this week on uh, an order seeking internal documents involving the Southern Regional Jail. They're asking for documents about how the governor has handled the regional jail problem, what he had to say to the former directors of the regional jail system, and so on. They're asking for documents, they being in the, in the lawsuit, and Justice and Abraham are saying, oh, we don't want to give that to you. What are you hiding? I mean, why, why, why do you, they didn't want to get deposed on this issue before. Again, the governor at one point said, well, it'd be a teetotal waste of time. Which told me the second he said that, he didn't want to do it. Of you course know. not. It's the, it's the old, you know, I said before, where does the buck stop with this administration? Doesn't it stop at the top? I mean, I guess the short answer is clearly not. Um, but what are they hiding? Now, they're, it's, they're talking about executive privilege and a few other things. But, um, you know, there, there's the, the attorneys for the regional jail inmates are seeking documents from Governor Justice and his chief of staff regarding the firing of former Corrections Commissioner Betsy Jividen, a Wheeling native, by the way, um, and an investigation conducted by the former Department of Homeland Security Secretary Jeff Sandy. All right. That seems to me to be pretty relevant to this whole thing. What in the? Why did you fire the corrections commissioner? Why did you fire? Uh, what 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 investigation did you do? And what did you find with uh, the Department of Homeland Security Secretary Jeff Sandy? Uh, what are the results of your own investigation? That seems to me to be very relevant. And yet they say no. We don't we don't want to we don't want to give you guys that stuff. Well, maybe this is maybe attorney friends out there going to say, Howard, this is just the way legal system works. You try to withhold information. I'm, I'm not looking at the legal system. I'm just looking at common sense. We've got a jail crisis. Inmates are being abused. Uh, Brad did a story. You'll find it at WVMetroNews.com. Uh, a bipartisan call from the legislature for something to be done. This is, they've said, look, enough is enough. Democrats, Republicans, the couple of Democrats that are in the legislature, Democrats and Republicans are going, come on, this is a crisis. Do something about it. Yeah, yeah uh, exactly, Howard. And it's also political season. So, again, half of my brain says, OK, is he is he is he concerned about how damaging this could be to his campaign if there is something there or is he protecting somebody else? What? what but to me. They don't want that door to be opened, Howard. Yeah, I, again, I, that clearly is the case. And maybe it's as simple as he recognizes the buck should stop with him, and it didn't stop with him, and he's passing the buck, um, and now it doesn't look good for him as he talks about being a U.S. senator. That He's uh, the boss. Yeah, he is you're, the you're boss. You're the boss. 
the buck stops here. That's that's the way it's supposed to be. And uh, why well, I don't, well, I tell you, it wouldn't do any good to depose me. Why well, I, I, it'd be a teetotal waste of time. I don't know nothing. Don't you do it? I don't know nothing. And you don't take these papers from me either. I got them locked in safe somewhere. You don't want to look at them. I don't want you to see them. Hey, maybe it's the most benign thing in the world, but you know what it looks like? They're hiding something. It certainly does. Nine o'clock on the Watchdog Morning Show. Uh, a couple more state stories. Take a look at the uh, city council meeting tonight in Wheeling. And John Deskins joins us next hour as well to talk about the economic outlook for Upper Ohio Valley. It's all coming up here on the Watchdog Morning Show. Rocking high. AM 1600 WKKX Wheeling, FM 97.7, AM 1370 WVLY Moundsville.